Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Today, we're going to talk about Beyond Poison IV. Ooh. Well, the other night you sent a picture, or no, it was your husband, Eddie. He sent a picture, and you guys were around a campfire, and you guys were toasting marshmallows or something out there, and it looked all inviting, and it had to do with camping. Yep. They were pudgy pie makers. (laughs) But I have talked to so many people. And camping is one activity with other family activities as well, that abuse can happen. And because of that, and it being in the summer season, I thought it would be good for us to go ahead and talk about some camping protocol that might help those who go camping or water parks, things like that. But we're going to stick with camping as the general focus, what they can do to help prevent, to help prevent predators from taking advantage of either them or their children, that type of situation. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Number one is buddy system. Where would you think you need a buddy system, Renee? Walking through the woods, going to the bathroom, going to the showers, going to the water. (laughs) Which could be a real pain for parents if they have to constantly stop and they need to stop let's say they're cooking dinner and the child is standing there jumping up and down. I got to go. I got to go to the bathroom, that type of thing. I can understand where it will be an inconvenience to turn off the burners that you had to light on those special stoves, which was sometimes hard to light, but to stop and actually go with them to the restroom. True. Or the campfire. But in the long run, in the long run, it's about the safety of the child right and being in those shower restrooms that type of thing and with as many campers that could be out there even if it looks like there's not many people camping that weekend there could still be somebody in that restroom that they're going to run across yeah and you and i've heard just way too many stories yes we have and buddy system really helps out a lot yeah and we'll go through later how the buddy system can actually work stronger with the siblings being there for the other sounds good well let's just do it right now (laughs) okay let's run the buddy system the buddy system so i would teach my girls if they're going to be the buddy that's not going to the bathroom, they go to the bathroom one at a time. Don't both go to the bathroom at the same time because this means somebody's not aware of the surroundings. Mm-hmm. If there's a buddy right. system, they could see somebody new walk in the bathroom type situation and they are aware that somebody's there. When I walk into a restroom and I see children, usually I will go ahead and I am a stranger, correct? Yeah. I will still say hello. I don't know how you react when you walk into a restroom and you see little children in there. Do you say hello to them? I do. I know. And we're total strangers. And what are kids not supposed to do? No stranger danger. That means you don't talk to strangers. Correct. (laughs) However, we both know when you walk into a restroom and you see children waiting in their turn in line to go to the bathroom, we're trying not to act scary as an adult. Right. And so we normally, it's just something we have learned here in America to just say hello so they could hear our tone of voice is not threatening 
and I, coronavirus, the COVID virus, has kept it so that I could stand a good distance away from them and it seems completely normal. Right, right. But it is a touchy situation, if that makes sense. But for the buddy system, if only one goes to the bathroom at a time, this way the other one can be watching the door and then they switch spots being the buddies that go and they keep communicating. I know when I see children, they're talking back and forth to each other. They can hear the tone of voice of each other going back and forth, just having a conversation, but that's great because once the other person stops talking, something could be wrong. So it's good for them to even have made up conversations, that type of thing, whether it's showers or the bathrooms. The only time that I've really seen a lot of buddy systems is like, like when siblings are in the bathroom and a door won't shut. So usually it's yeah, one of the siblings are, they're holding that, you know, holding that campsite door shut. But I like your idea of having them have conversations. It's, it reminds me of like at stores when they're yelling, Marco, Polo, but different. They're right beside each other. Yeah. And, and it's a clue. It's a clue. It's a clue. Something's up. Something's yeah. up. So if some adult or somebody else walks in the bathroom to even say it out loud. Hey, Shana, it looks like somebody else has come into the bathroom to actually say it out loud. So they know someone else is out there. Yeah. And that's, that's right. a good practice to happen so that there's no mystery going mm-hmm. on. Yep. And that's just bathroom etiquette to teach. And that's just kids. bathroom <laughs> buddy system. Right. Then we got create boundaries. We had talked about on other chats we've had about the bathing suit zone. You want to explain that one? You liked that yeah, one. I love that. I, Cause it's just a simple way of teaching kids what's their private area and what's public area. So whatever the swimsuit covers, that's the bathing suit zone. <laughs> and that is for mom and dad only, you know, for changing or cleaning or whatever, or the doctor and no one else you know, unless it's grandma that's helping babysit or whatever and helping change a diaper, but it's reserved for mom, dad, and doc- doctor. There you go. And I always add to it, the bathing suit zone is for your wife when you get married, <laughs> you know, or for your, for your spouse, but not for anybody else to see. Not for anybody else to see. Uh, the other is stay on trails with your buddies. So if you're mm-hmm. deciding you want to go look at something, you're hearing a frog out there, You just talk with your kids ahead of time. Even if they're teenagers, you don't go on the trails unless you have a buddy and you stay on the trails. Yes. And even if the one wants to be a little more dangerous and get closer to the cliff or to whatever, yeah, it has to be an agreed thing of stay together. And if you guys aren't going to be able to agree, don't go on the walk. Yeah. And again, this is not for just small children. Right. I'm talking the, the older ones as well. And we have both heard of, yeah, that's when folks can be doing their stalking. Absolutely. That's where folks could be. And, and also uh, both of us coming from Seattle as well, you know, and working at a, at a park, the park that we both were, were at with the skate park up above it was all these woods with trails, but I always knew don't take the trail solo because there were people that were sleeping in there. That was their home. And there wasn't always safety around that area. So it's 
it's a part of the reason why we're bringing this up here is you could be going to a familiar place, a familiar trail. You've always walked these trails, but that doesn't always mean the familiar same people are in those areas. Yeah. So we're trying to keep you safe. Another is you need to have rules when it comes to helping people. So your family might be there setting up your tents and doing all of that. And the people next to you are starting to do the same and they're getting stuck and they're needing some help. Make sure you're paying attention to where your family is located before you start engaging with strangers and they're needing help. Needing help is one thing that people tend to, well, we should offer help. We should be kind to people. We should be helpful. But it goes back to if that stranger says, you know, our dog just wandered off. We need to find our puppy. Kids love to help find puppies, coins, wallets, uh, uh, all these things. Or our daughter walked away. We don't know where our daughter is. They may not even have a daughter. And to have your children out looking solo is just not acceptable. No. It goes back to that buddy system we talked about, as well as some other items we'll talk about later. But teaching your kids, if somebody says they need directions, they're not to engage with the stranger, go back to the stranger thing, as well as going looking for somebody's dog something that sounds so innocent and you'd want to go help because you've seen your parents go help people look for dogs and you've seen your parents go help people do certain things. And Kids certainly. feel very grown up that somebody has asked them for help to go help them to do simple items, including I've heard the story of a 12 year old girl. Hey, can you take our little one to the restroom? So the 12-year-old girl took the seven-year-old girl to the restroom, and that's where she ran into danger. Mm. The seven-year-old girl was not a familiar person at all that she was going to the restroom with. So here was this 12-year-old girl in a place that was foreign to her. She's in the restroom. She's watching the seven-year-old, but at the same time, she became preyed upon. It's not uncommon. We go back to create those boundaries and stranger danger is one of them. Yeah. Now we're not that trying to a... freak out the children. Yeah. That is for sure. But there's safety involved. That's important to teach it. And it's, and it is something that's forgotten when it comes to serving somebody in need, or especially like you said, the animal or the child that's lost or somebody looking helpless and needing help. I'm lost something. in the directions. Mm -hmm. And here they yeah. are asking five-year-old for directions. Yeah. So I can even, I can even throw an example out there at one of our apartments, somebody supposedly their car broke down mm. and they were, I didn't notice it, but my kids were noticing it, but this gentleman was going around asking people to borrow the phone so that he could get help. Well, I immediately didn't even think about it, didn't even check in with God, didn't check with the family. I'm like, oh yeah, he can use my phone. This is Seattle, downtown. I'm just handing my phone to some stranger guy. And thank God I got it back. But then my kids, once we shut the door, they're like, mom, you should have never done that. You know what could have happened? You just going out there by yourself 
dusk, you know, yeah, a lot of different things could have happened by my assisting someone just because I had this big heart and wasn't paying attention to what was really could have gone down. I could have been right. easily taken advantage of. My phone could have been stolen. Who knows what kind of bill I would have racked up as well if it wasn't a legit phone call locally. So, and my kids were concerned that I was that giving and that trusting so quick at that time. So I had to get a, a teaching. <laughs> Stranger danger is legit. You got checked by your kids. I did. I got checked by my kids because I, yeah, because I opened up my door so I made my home vulnerable. I made my family vulnerable. A lot of things could have gone wrong in that situation. And I could have easily been taken advantage of in more ways than just financially and a phone. So, well, I'm glad you weren't. Amen. Yep. But that's just an example of you're just thinking you're helping somebody that's supposedly having an issue. And they read it a mile away and I missed it. So well, we have to do a whole different chat on stranger danger. So we're going to leave that one there. And now we're going to go with boundaries of who are trusted adults. We did talk about this briefly in a video, maybe over a year ago, but it's good for the kids to know. And it's good when I say kids, I'm including teenagers, everybody in that whole circle, all your family members to know who are the trusted adults you can go to that you as the parents could say, these are the trusted adults. Now, yes, you may be trusting an adult who is not trustworthy, but you're doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You might want to break that down. You're saying it to me. Does that make sense? But for the audience, you might want to break it down. Break it down. You might think that your brother-in-law is completely trustworthy. He's shown trustworthiness for many, many, many years, you've done for 10 years, then your kids grow up and you never had any questions about it. And then you find out later he was not trustworthy. You did the best you could as an adult. You did not see the signs. You could only go with your gut, your intuition. And by looking at the outside in, so many people who are predators have private lives that nobody knows anything about. Right. And that's why it's so secretive. Yeah. And the outside is charming and the outside is very, um, it's deflective. So you don't see, they hide it well. We'll just say they that. hide it well. Yes. You never suspect. But having a boundary of showing your kids, the, these are the people that you can trust. Beyond this, don't go to the other adults. These are the ones we want you to go to. These are the boundaries for us while we go shopping or we go to camping, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, as well as who are the trusted older kids? Not all older kids are trustworthy. <laughs> True. They, and you may not know me. them well enough. They may be the sweetest things or the, look like they're the most responsible uh, children or teenagers, but not all have proven their trustworthiness. And right. so it's important for the parents to communicate that to the younger children. These are the trusted older kids at this point. These yeah. are the ones you would go to. These are the ones you could be with as your buddy system. Yeah. 
their character, not just what you, how do you, like you said, it's not just how they sit with the group, but it's how they act when they're not in front of somebody. That's right. It's the fruit they're seeing out of their lives. Exactly. Fruits of character is what I call it. There you go. (laughs) Character showing. Um, I like to have a what never do list. Okay. So you don't ride your bike by parked cars. You should be hanging around parked cars if you're a child, whether riding a bike or walking around. It's just not a place for you to be. That's dangerous. As well as you could be taken into one of those cars beyond getting hit by one of those cars. True. Uh, never go to the bathroom alone. We talked about the buddy system. So it's just not an option. You don't get to go to the bathroom alone. This also includes like if the families don't know each other, but you're going over to somebody else's house. So this past weekend, you went to a new home with a whole bunch of people you didn't know, all a lot of them. And let's say you took one of your grandchildren with you. And it was easy. The restroom was just across the way, that type of thing. It would not have been okay for them to go to the restroom alone. There was too many strangers in a strange environment, not only for your grandchildren, but for you as well. This was not familiar territory. And so going to the bathroom alone was not an option. Another is never walk up to a car if somebody's yelling to you from a car by yourself. They want to ask you a question. Never walk up to a car alone. That always requires the buddy system. Amen. Never talk to a stranger. We already talked about that a little bit. And never purposely walk and take shortcuts through alleyways or vacant parking lots. That's a bad idea. Always better to go with more people. That's right. Yes. One of the people around. Yeah. So that was kind of my nevers. (laughs) (laughs) They're good ones. It's important that you keep teach your kids a little bit of street smarts and they can use that in camping or at the grocery store or wherever. But where are the markers? So right now, one of my grandchildren, if I take him in the car, I'll say, okay, how do we get there? And they go, We've, I said, you've been to this place so many times with your mom. You tell me how to get there. And the first time was kind of like, grandma, come on. I don't know. I'm not paying attention. And I said, I need you to pay attention. And now we've got about eight times. He, I still ask him, do I turn right or left? He's like, He knows it by heart now. He knows his markers. He's looking for the gas station or is looking for the pink building. He knows his markers. And that's important for our kids, even teenagers, to know where are your markers, especially if you're going camping so you can get back. You can go into a restroom sometimes at campgrounds two different ways to get into the same restroom. And you come out the other door and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. Even if you have buddy system, yeah. you're both standing there going, where's the blue tent? <laughs> I've had that happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I must have gone out the wrong door. Let me try again. <laughs> um, this one's an important one for street smarts. Avoid looking lost. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would have the kids practice 
what does lost look like? You know, I'd have them practice what lost looks like because you want them to practice not looking lost. Smart. Smart. Keep items minimal. So if they're going to run to the restroom really quick, leave the ball on the grass, have both hands free and use the buddy system and go to the bathroom. But don't take a bunch of stuff with you. Let's say you're going to go to the pool and have somebody hold all the stuff while you both run to the restroom. Because if you have your hands filled with a towel and things for the head and all sorts of tubes and stuff, you want to have your hands free. And we want the kids to have their hands free in case they need to defend themselves or try to get away. So keep things minimal in their arms so they and to always let them know. I don't care about the things, drop it and run. Amen. I don't care about things. I care about you. Drop it and run. And they may go, what about the phone? You can drop it and run. I care about you, not the phone. Because I know a phone might be of high value where kids think the phone is just high value to the parents, but it's still not as much value as that the parents have for the child. True, true. That's a good one right there. Mm. Teach them the power of no <laughs> and saying it loud and use a strong voice. And I really believe they need to practice that because when that moment happens, a lot of oxygen is taken out of them because fear yeah. popped in usually if they have to use a no. And to practice the line, no stranger, Believe me, every adult will turn around and look. What's the kid saying? Mm. Not just no, but no stranger. That's a very good one. It's a powerful thing. Adults will look and go, what's, what's happening here? What's happening? The hardest thing I think to teach them is to listen to their gut intuition. I think that develops over time. Yeah. When they're younger, they're not aware. They don't know that they have that. <laughs> and so until it develops, until it grows, that's why all these boundaries have to be set in place. True. And look at you, you gave out your phone, you did all this other stuff. Your intuition must not have been shouting, no, no, no. But were you even checking with it? Don't know. We all have moments where we let our guard down. I'm not asking for you to live in constant fear. Right. But if you do have good practices in place, you can live at least more securely. Right. And I learned some street smarts. <laughs> yes, you've lived in a lot of places where you've needed a lot of- I had to learn it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't around people when I was growing up young. And then when we moved to the city, I had to learn it, you know, even, even learning the thing about not looking lost. I remember having to learn that, <laughs> you know, Yeah, you don't do that. You don't do that in the big cities. Well, like I said, stranger danger is a whole other one that we're going to talk about separately because boy, that one gets a little mushy in there, especially when we freely talk with somebody else in the market line, but we tell our kids not to. Yeah. Yeah. So we will hit almost. that on the next one. True. All right. Well, these are good points. 
good, very good points. So beyond watching out for water and poison ivy, and there's a lot of good camping tools out there, we wanted to make sure we were protecting the kids from predators was more on our base. Yeah. Good word. Have a good summer. <laughs> you too. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.